Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor. It's a dimly lit room. You know what? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Protected by German Shepherds and Razor Wire. And today, to kick off a brand new week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Xi Jinping. China on the march across the globe. Wow, that's a dramatic general manager. Why? And I use my dramatic voice, too. Yeah, I noticed I that. I hope you enjoy I noticed that. that. Yeah. Um, why is the dictator of China, also called, China. The, also called the president, the general manager today? Among other things, they just signed a big new agreement with Iran. Mutual aid, mutual investment. They're, nice. they're arm in arm now. That's good to see. Nice bedfellows. Yikes. Yeah. And uh, the world still awaits the WHO report on... I'm sorry, whose report? <laughs> the World Health Organization uh, report uh, on where the coronavirus came from. And uh, do, do we actually? Do we await that? Are we awaiting that? Are you awaiting that? I'm not awaiting that. Well, I think the reason people are awaiting it is just to see how far the WHO goes in carrying China's water. I don't think anybody's expecting the answer. It's just how willing is the, the WHO to say um, we relied to uh, obfuscation, et cetera, et cetera. Or are they going to put in there like they did most recently? It could have been uh, frozen food from the United States. That's one uh, of the possibilities. Uh, uh, if you saw 60 Minutes last night, they went big on that. and uh, it, was, it was a pretty interesting episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to some of the highlights on the show today, our show. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, Gottlieb on Face the Nation yesterday said uh, he doesn't think we'll ever know, and I don't suppose we will, which is China's entire goal from the beginning, is that nobody will ever know for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's about the best you can uh, hope for. They could have tried to frame. Well, they did try to frame us up. But if you're guilty of a crime, the best you can hope for is not getting convicted. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, the um, George Floyd uh, death trial is going on starting today. The jurors are all sat and the trial kicks off today. And um, I suppose the whole world will be following that. The whole world, because there were protests around the world. When the video came out of him dying and the guy's knee on his neck, you might remember that whole story. Yes, yes, uh, indeed. And uh, I wonder if it turns out this guy is not convicted of anything uh, major, as you've been and a lot of other people have been predicting. Will there be uh, uprisings around the world again? I think think it's practically inevitable, yeah. Really? The answer is yes, yeah. There will be violence and looting and fires and fights and people will die, yeah, based on... Uh, you know, the, the video that we all saw and people forming a firm conclusion based on that video and that video alone, which is unfortunate, especially if your business gets burnt or you get beaten to death. So the judge will allow, is allowing video from a previous drug arrest, previous drug arrest to be shown in the courtroom. And there was quite a battle over that, but they are going to show that video in which George Floyd also, uh, is all hopped up on something and then uh, struggles and the medics decide he's about to have a heart attack and that sort of thing. And I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, not only that, but in that encounter, he swallows a bunch of pills to get rid of the evidence, which is uh, not a great strategy, depending on what drug you're taking. And in the back of uh, Chauvin's police car, they found fragments of pills and Floyd's DNA. And it looks like he may have done the same thing. Mm. 
You think that was a good move, Lyle, in that video? Uh, it was an interesting move. You know, I'm not an attorney. I almost went to law school. I thought about it very seriously. I was a little surprised when the judge uh, changed his mind on that. Yeah, me too. Because you can do a lot of things in your life, and it doesn't mean you did it this time. Right. Right. Yeah, that'll be controversial. Opening statements today, though, and we'll bring you all highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the other news going on around the world. Uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator. No, I'm sorry. Technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, wearing a Costco T-shirt. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Every athlete in their life gets to the point where the mind is willing, but the body isn't. And I think that may be where I'm at this year as far as the Easter egg hunt that my family has. (laughs) That's your athletic endeavor. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because I'm going against teenagers now. The kids aren't little anymore. They're now, one of them's 14. He's bigger than I am. And there's an 11-year-old. And uh, I'm in my mid-40s, and suddenly <laughs> it's not a fair fight anymore. What was it? Does it uh, require foot speed, or what's the... Uh... Yeah, a lot of foot speed, and, and you got to know good eyesight, you know. So <laughs> I'm kind of failing on both. And so you're slow and you can't see. Right. <laughs> so it creates a problem. Last year I came in dead last. Everybody you know, got mm. quite a bit, and I'm like, yeah, I got three eggs here. And they're looking at me like just shaking their head. You know, you've been talking about your family Easter egg hunt for years. That is awesome that you get to do that, and enough people live around that are really and everything that's very very cool i did win it once so i you know got something to you know talk about my career but <laughs> yeah, that's but, about it. Know, those of us who've moved around the country some people who've moved you don't you don't get to do those big family gatherings like that and i I've, i had a girlfriend once i remember i went to her uh her easter stuff and all the family stuff and just be there'd be 50 people there yeah you know cousins yeah. and uncles and everything it's just fantastic if uh if you get to do that so I'm envious of that. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Was delighted to see that a new stand-up special uh, was released over this weekend by my uh, probably my favorite comedian going right now, Nate Bargatze. I will give uh, I will cede the rest of my time to a clip from one of his previous specials, so I do not steal any of the laughs of your enjoyment if you do consume his newest. And I've only been drinking coffee for maybe four years, not very long. I only order this one little drink. I get very nervous when I order coffee because it's a whole world, and I don't know the world. You know, they always ask you a bunch of stuff. Like they're like, "What kind of cream?" I'm like, "Just." Please do it. Just do it. You know? Sometimes they're like, do you want heavy cream or half and half? And I'll go, I'm sorry, I'm not taking questions right now. So if you could just do whatever you think it is, and if it's wrong, I won't even tell you. How about that? I will walk out of here as if that's exactly what I ordered. Yes. I will go outside. I will throw it away and go try again in a different Starbucks. That's how I'll handle the entire... That's why I think they have so many Starbucks, so you can just keep going... Someone's got to get it. Nate Bargatze, new stand-up <laughs> special on Netflix. He makes me laugh so hard. No, oh, I am I am that guy. A cup of coffee with cream. When did it become like nine different choices? Yeah. Just coffee with cream. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. I don't care. Whatever one you got, you want to get rid of. I, that's why I always say whichever one you want to get rid of. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> I don't care. I want a cup of coffee with cream. It used to be you just ordered. You, you went somewhere and they had coffee in a pot. It wasn't choices. What nine right. different creams? Right. <laughs> Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this is how to get to be God. There's a coffee place in my hipster town that it takes. God dang it. It seems like 20 minutes. It's probably five <laughs> for them to handcraft your coffee. Uh, just just have a pot going. Do it's they, already hot. Pour it in my cup for me. Do they put designs in the foam? Uh, there's just all kinds of stuff going on there. 
Uh, and then, oh, look, and they then, did me a daffodil. That's so pretty. <laughs> I've only been there once. Not only was it the slowest cup of coffee I've ever had, it was the most expensive cup of coffee I've ever had, and the worst cup of coffee I've ever had. I told my son, this is not an exaggeration. This is the single worst piece of cup of coffee I've ever had, including wow. truck stops in the middle of the night. It's been burning since three in the afternoon. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, but you bring it on yourself by going to these places. AM, PM, Circle K, no, a Shell no, Station. No. They got They're ruined. Gone. They got ruined. I'm an expert on this. They got ruined <laughs> by the coffee craze. So they used to be just fine. They just do regular grounds in a filter and a pot on there. But now, because America. they feel like they've got to compete, they've got these complicated machines that make all kinds of mochas and everything like that. Oh, and the coffee really? is freaking horrible. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're losing this country. Trying to compete against the Starbucks of the world. It's, they went the other direction. It's Monday, March 29th. Yeah, yeah, you hit a sore spot with me. Man, you really did. <laughs> How about the McDonald's? They got great coffee. You order it black. It's 900 degrees. <laughs> it's plenty so warm. Have them, have them put some ice in there. It is plenty yeah. warm, the McDonald's yeah. coffee. Uh, yeah. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin swigging down the news of the day precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I don't know what you're talking about. I just bought a gun last summer when all those white kids started talking about getting rid of the police. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious from Michael Che on Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, Maya Rudolph was hilarious, too. We'll have to talk about that later. She did a little Kamala Harris. I know why that is. Because she's freaking hilarious. She is. She's one of my all-time <laughs> favorites on SNL. Joe Biden. Um, how does a uh, mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. My computer has decided to reboot itself. I think we'll get our act together between now and then. Though. Oh, that's right. I think a new operating system automatically went into my iPhone last night, so I get to figure oh, out good. all kinds of new things that I liked oh, perfectly well before. <laughs> Your icons are now in Indianapolis. Why are they there? What? <laughs> All that stuff on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So they got part of that big giant ship refloated they're calling it they refloated nice. one end of the ship but the really st- the really stuck end is still stuck and they're still uh executing pulling events i don't know why they have to use terms like refloating and pulling <laughs> events we're trying to get it back into water and pull it out. Got Same some reason. of it in the water, and now we're yanking on it. Same reason why they use things like port and starboard. They want to let, make you know, hey, we're on boats over here. <laughs> They're still executing pulling events, but, you know, welcome to my world. So, Who invented not using right and left when you're on boats? I, I don't know. I think they want to make it sound like it's really hard so you couldn't get involved. Or maybe it's so if you're facing the back of the boat, the poop deck... And you say left, people know you don't oh, mean your left, there but you the left go. of the boat. You just you just nailed it. There you go. It's like Anybody in the car. Have any other questions? Like in the car, you regularly refer to the driver's side or the passenger side. Just so whether you're facing it or behind it, it's always the right. same. Yeah, yeah, I got you. There you go. Questions and answers mm-hmm. for once. <laughs> Mailbag. They're still executing pulling events. Mm. I enjoy a good pulling event. I do myself. Let's see. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go there. I'm going to get them. Uh, yeah, why not? 
Our freedom-loving uh, the, 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 What? The ship is really moving now, according to reports, and horns are blaring, which sounds like a celebration. Maybe if we can get audio of that. That sounds fun. Mm. Soon a pushing event. Uh, let's do some uh, freedom-loving quotes of the day from Ayn Rand this week. Why not? Wow, controversial. Go full-on libertarian objectivist geek on you. Controversial. I like this one for Monday. Do not let your fire go out, spark by irreplaceable spark in the hopeless swamps of the not quite, the not yet, and the not at all. Do not let the hero in your soul perish in lonely frustration for the life you deserve that have never been able to reach. The world you desire can be won. It exists. It is real. It is possible. It's yours. In other words, don't give up. Why didn't she just say don't give up? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I felt my spark going out trying to read your book. (laughs) Did you not have an editor? Moving along to the correspondence proper. Interesting thought from uh, John in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Love Coeur d'Alene. Beautiful. If someone changes gender, it's unacceptable to refer to them as who they presented as years before. You accept them as they are now. So why is it acceptable to refer to an unsavory tweet from somebody 10 years ago and not accept the person who's changed since then isn't the same person they are now? John, that is gentle wisdom. That's a great point. Um, and if it were only about truth and, and justice and all, people would accept that point of view. But it's about seizing power. Uh, speaking of Ayn Rand, they don't expect you to follow their rules. They expect you to violate them, so then you'll be in their power. The ship is now completely free, Joe. The ship is completely free and moving steadily north up the canal. <laughs> sailing away from the spot. Where it's been stuck for seven days. The pulling event apparently has been successful. I feel like we're all <laughs> as less it often stuck is. now. I, do, I, do, I agree. We are all okay. less stuck now. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Apparently we're right a nautical news show now. <laughs> what's, what's happening? This is the story that's <laughs> captivated the world. Sean made such a good point yesterday. I think it was off, or I'm sorry, last week. I think it was off the air that this is one of the few nonpartisan, everybody watching something and more or less rooting and making fun of in the same way events. Mm-hmm. A long time. This was the biggest shared cultural event I felt since tiger king and 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 you know joe biden had the same point of view as i do they probably ought to get that thing unstuck (laughs) have they tried pushing it well we're trying pulling we're gonna pull first (laughs) moving along i guess unless i don't know the queen mary has sprung a leak or something Uh, here's dave on dr biden's husband Our current dear and ancient leader of the free world during last year's presidential debates announced to the world an open invitation to any and all immigrants to come on over. Yet he sends his vice president to Central America to research what good Lord might have brought on this uh, non-disaster. My 89-year-old mom has similar cognitive challenges. Fortunately for her and the rest of the world, she's retired. Oh, Dave, that's unkind. That's an interesting aspect of the immigration thing that we could uh, discuss at some point, but... um... How much responsibility do we have to fix other crappy countries? How much of my personal taxpayer money that I'm earning today do I need to spend on Honduras to make sure their country isn't crappy? Um, I, and then there's just the reality of the, if the country's, country's crappy, people are going to try to come into your country. If you don't want them sure. to, you got to make them have a less gun. But... Um, it's very complicated. Right. And what's happening to those kids and what the Biden administration is trying to do with them is extremely controversial. We'll have that angle for you in a, a few minutes or, or several minutes. I don't know. Uh, I love this note from Paolo. 
You guys are pointing out how both parties in Congress show no interest in establishing a national immigration policy, instead preferring to engage in the political dance around the management of an endless series of crises. They can't even agree to work on something as basic as border security, let alone quotas and selection criteria. The same dynamic is at work now, again, with voting. Each side seems to care only about having voting laws that maximize their political advantage. I should tell you his his topic line here is voting the new immigration. The Dems have their stuff in H.R. 1. The reps or Republicans are coming up with state laws like the one just passed in Georgia. Nobody's even attempting to work toward establishing an easily accessible, secure voting system whose integrity is beyond reproach. It's not even being put forth as a goal. I think that's a really good point. Mm. It's now just a weapon. Uh, why not? He's got a little more um, legislation being proposed now just ensures that this will continue as a divisive partisan issue. Why and what can we do to change it? Um, oh, those aren't rhetorical questions. They need answers, and we're counting on you to come up with them. Please save <laughs> us before it's too late. Keep up the swell show. Swell. I need to use that word more often. That's How are you swell. today, swell? swell? My daughter, who's been visiting, uh, she's 21, uses hecking a lot. That is so hecking cool. Hmm. Because she doesn't want to be thrown around the yeah, F-bomb. I'm going to pass that along to my kids. Yeah. It's a good it one. It works. Won't offend yeah. anyone. Uh, China's full of liars, among other stories on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Looks like the WHO report was an attempt to try to support the China narrative, Chinese narrative around this um, this uh, origin of the vaccine. You know, the lab leak theory doesn't seem like a plausible theory unless you aggregate the biggest collection of uh, coronaviruses and put them in a lab, a, a minimum security lab in the middle of a densely populated center and experiment on animals, which is exactly what the Wuhan Institute of Virology did. They were using these uh, viruses in a BSL-2 lab and, and we now know infecting animals. So that creates the opportunity for a lab leak. It might not be the most likely scenario in how this virus got out, but it has to remain a scenario. And I think at the end of the day, we're never going to fully discharge that possibility. What we're going to have here is a battle of competing narratives. That's Dr. Scott Lieb. I like calling him Scott Lieb. He's yeah, pretty good. It's like Benifer. Yeah. yeah, Scott Gottlieb. I get um, your word straight, Jack. It looks like the WHO report is just uh, you know an attempt to cover China's hind end. Where does a guy learn to use phrases like "we'll never fully discharge that possibility"? I don't I'm going to start using that. <laughs> I don't. Joe, know. did you eat the last chocolate chip? We'll never fully discharge that possibility, honey. <laughs> What's important that going forward is we... Yeah. Um, also him saying, it's not very likely unless you had... <laughs> and then he lays out all the things that the Wuhan lab is. The most interesting thing is 60 Minutes last night. We're about to play a few clips from that. From 60 Minutes last night was finally seeing this lab. I, I, I don't know why. I had, I'd never seen it before. And just seeing it there, you know, in Wuhan, in, a, in, an, in an urban area... Did it look like a lab or did it look like a wet market? It looks like a lab. Okay. And then, but it's not very far from the wet market, which right. I actually got, also got to see on 60 Minutes last night finally to see what that whole wet market looked like. And man, there's a lot of raw oh. this and that about. <laughs> oh, raw, yeah. wet this and that about. Oh, God. Organs and beasts and parts of beasts. <laughs> right. 
So gross. So 60 Minutes last night, they say they had two different people on, along with Leslie Stahl, the reporter, this NSCC official from the Clinton administration, and he's in the WHO advisory committee. You're going to hear from him next, uh, this uh, Metzer dude. And then they had another guy who was standing up for the Chinese and the idea that it naturally occurred in the in, in, across in the market, everything in the, in the lab and everything like that. And he's an American, but uh, I don't know. He just, you know, maybe maybe I'm projecting my already conclusions onto the guy, but he didn't seem to have a lot of answers for why was the military involved. I, that wasn't my job to research that. My job was to research, you know, just stuff like that. I just. Felt like he was covering from the Chinese, and all they got to do is put a million dollars in your bank account, or you know, give your wife a job somewhere, or all kinds of different ways, or threaten you. I think with these people, probably a carrot works better than stick. But sure, oh yeah, they're funding trillions of dollars of this, that, and the other all over the globe, and that uh, guy's getting his beak wet, perhaps, perhaps getting his beak wet. Yeah, a little, mo- little mob term for you. There. Nobody Forget wants a dry it. beak. No, no way to go through life. Uh, Let's hear those first couple from Jamie Metzl, who used to be in the Clinton administration. I wouldn't really call what's happened now an investigation. It's essentially a highly chaperoned, highly curated study tour. Study tour? Study tour. Everybody around the world is imagining this is some kind of full investigation. It's not. This group of experts only saw what the Chinese government wanted them to see. We would have to ask the question, well, why in Wuhan? To quote Humphrey Bogart, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, why Wuhan? What Wuhan does have is China's level four virology institute with probably the world's largest collection of bat viruses, including bat coronaviruses. I thought that was a great point of all the gin joints in all the world. Why'd she have to walk into Of all the places in all the world, the worst virus that has been unleashed on the planet in a century just happened to come right like a block away from where they're studying those things. Come on now. What am I, a child? I know. I know. You can't prove a negative, but you have to disprove that positive to me. I mean, you've got to come up with an alternate explanation. I've been reading a lot about this, and I've held back because I don't want to bore people to death. But there there was a gal, a Chinese scientist, who was the world's leading bat virus expert. And she would find stuff in southern China, and then they would work on it and refine it and all in Wuhan. And then uh, she moved on to other things. And when the thing broke out, and this is the world's leading expert, in Chinese bat viruses, she said it broke out in Wuhan. That's impossible. It would be South China where those bats are. And that's why they invented that ridiculous wet market story. But if anybody who knows anything about bat viruses understands that that is the world's just nu- glowing nuclear center of that sort of thing being in danger of leaking out. And I know one of the reasons you push back on this is you're a big fan of raw wet bat as a delicacy and everybody blaming that. For this is, uh, you know, it's hurtful to you. Well, and it's made it so much more expensive to get some nice, <laughs> tender, wet bat. Right. You know? Now they boil it. I mean, they work so hard to make sure it's got no virus. All the flavor's gone. <laughs> right. Oh, right. We, we had a house full of family over the weekend. I made steaks. We had potatoes. Everybody said, Joe, where's the wet bat? I got a little uh, little gag there when I was trying to make that uh, little humorous comment. All the flavor's gone. Right. This is sick enough. Mm, mm, a little too batty. Mm. 
Um, let's just hear a little more from this, uh, this, this, this dude on how... And again, so if China has nothing to hide, why would you act like this? China had ruled out a lab accident long before the WHO team arrived at the airport in Wuhan on January 14th and were greeted by people in full PPE gear. The team included some of the world's leading experts on how viruses are transmitted from animals to humans. But even though there have been accidental lab leaks of viruses in China in the past that have infected people and killed at least one, no one on the team was trained in how to formally investigate a lab leak. They were there for a four-week mission, but two of those weeks were spent holed up at this hotel in quarantine. Once out, they had some tense exchanges with their counterparts, a team of Chinese experts, over their refusal to provide raw data. Which they never did, and still have not. So the WHO team gets there, and uh, delay, delay, delay before they even get there, and then when they get there, they put them in a hotel for two weeks, just pacing around, watching TV, as they get everything cleaned up, the Chinese get everything cleaned up, and quarantining them it's allegedly the world's greatest disease experts you can probably go ahead and give them a hazmat suit and turn them loose no we got to quarantine you sure so why would you act like this yeah well because you're guilty you're clearly guilty one of the more interesting aspects of this that i just found out was when and I, i just closed the tab a little while ago but um the guy who initially leaked the story about those State Department cables that came out in 2018, I think it was, the State Department folks were there at the lab, and they were uh, emailing back to the mothership in D.C., hey, we're at this lab, and they don't have Level 4 security protocols uh, in, in, F, in effect. In fact, some of the head guys at the lab are telling us, we can't find enough techs who know that stuff. We have problems with, with security here like viral security, and our people were so worried they sent a series of uh, emails back and forth. Well, the journalist who leaked that, he found out that Mike Pompeo was really mad about those leaks because they made China put their dukes up. Mm. They put China in a defensive Mm. posture, and the idea I took from it was Pompeo wanted them unaware how much we knew. So we could really go in there and investigate, but they got their defenses up. Well, Pompeo is the last Secretary of State. The current Secretary of State is A. Blinken, and he was on a CNN show yesterday, and he said, we've got real concerns about the methodology and the process that went into the report, including the fact that the government in Beijing apparently helped to write it. So uh, making it pretty clear we're not going to buy it even when it does come out. So, No, I, th- I think a presumption of guilt is absolutely appropriate here. I mean, if somebody acts that guilty, like we were talking about before, you got a kid next to a cookie jar with chocolate all over his face, and the cookies are gone, and they refuse to let you investigate. I'll tell you what happened there. Anybody could figure that out. Close to 3 million deaths worldwide. Um, Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars spent. Tons of kids around the world that lost out on a year of learning. We don't even, we're just beginning to know what kind of damage, lifelong damage that's going to do. All because China wouldn't be open about this. They could have contained this early. None of this stuff would have happened. None of it. It's hard to even wrap your head around what a giant decision that was. 
This is kind of a weak start by uh, China's uh, standards for the 21st century. I mean, the 20th century, they killed 70, 80 million people, depending on you know which count you believe, maybe even 100 million. Uh, so, yeah, good folks, the Chinese, and they're uh, on the march across the globe. They just signed this big agreement with Iran we can talk about later. Uh, so they're in bed together. Lovely. So they got that big ship free. Unstuck in the Suez Canal. It's a a, what, a floating event. What did they say? No, it's a. They've refloated the ship with a series of pulling events. <laughs> Speaking of, why do people talk that way? Um, you got the boat unstuck. Is what you're saying? So you pulled it off the the reef there? Yeah. Okay. No, it's a pulling event. It was a full moon, high tide, and the water came in high enough to get it loose. That's what happened. Mother Nature got it out. Not uh, mm-hmm. not not as much mankind, but so uh, the world's nightmare is over. Excellent. If I uh, desire to ship anything, I'll get right to it now. Yeah, there are 400 boats backed up, in addition to all the boats that had decided to go all the way around uh, Africa to try to get where they were going, costing billions and billions of dollars a day. You know what I found out from a brother in the Navy? The Suez Canal is a one-way canal. You you go northbound, 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 and then they shut it down and say, all right, no more. It's like a construction zone on a two-lane highway. okay. That makes sense. Then they stop it, then you go southbound for a while, and everybody knows the schedule. Whereas your Panama Canal is a two-way street. I'll be darned. Huh? He used some fancy-pants term for two-way street, which I don't recall. A a multi-directional event? Uh, It's a multi-directional navigation, something like that. Um... We have audio of a Suez traffic report, by the way. Uh, let's. Do, how long is it? It's 30 seconds. Well, let's do it right now, then. Heading up to the north, nothing doing here, too. Breaks uh, all the way up to the port side. Same to the south, too. Suez Gulf looking pretty heavy. Nowhere going anywhere. And this extends all the way out to the Red Sea. Red Sea more like red brake lights for the as far as the eye can see. Now, your alternates, as we zoom in out here and look to the south, around the Ethiopian coast, Djibouti, nothing doing there. We're going to have to go all the way around down south. Now, your alternate, Madagascar, you can go left or right. Both lanes are open all the way around Cape Horn. Now, this will take you 10 days. It will certainly save you the five or six. You'll be stuck there. <laughs> wow, that's, that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. But uh, so thank God that thing is free and yay, I guess. Um, uh, we'll have news on the Erie Canal coming up. Well, that's right. Canal so, talk continues. It's another Canal Trivia Monday, so people <laughs> love it. They wait for it. They gather the kids around the radio. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And background checks are a great start, but shouldn't we also do current checks? Like, what are these guys up to now? You know, how much Call of Duty are they playing? Have they recently DM'd a girl, hey, 30 times? (laughs) Or how about this? If you want a gun, the gun store has to talk to at least five people from your life who agree it's a good idea for you to have a gun. It's really not that much to ask. You gotta list three references on an application to work at Foot Locker. <laughs> I thought I thought they did an amazing job of talking about mass shootings in a way that wasn't offensive but was jokes. That's not an easy thing to do. No. Wow. And uh pulled it off. But anyway. Uh, I thought it was a, a pretty darn good episode of Saturday Night Live. Hey, hey, Michael, can you bring up sound for the television? I'm just going to give you a little idea of what's going on in uh, Minneapolis right now. Uh, Joe talked uh, said earlier that there will be riots in the streets and that sort of stuff when this is over. You good? Just, just a little flavor right now. Talk about what 
was the stimulants that may have been in George Floyd, what would be the stimulant that would make a man hold his knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. You recognize the yeah. voice? That's the Reverend Al Sharpton, who's holding court there in front of oh, reporters. Oh, good. And he and a number of other people basically making the argument that if this guy didn't commit murder, first-degree murder, then our system is completely a mess and racist. This is before the trial even begins today. So we're already setting uh, the ball on the tee for the whole riding in the streets by making it clear if this isn't the result of the trial, it's a miscarriage of justice before the trial's even started. So that's uh, just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I just have a feeling uh, that I'm, uh, we're heading toward the iceberg. There it is. We're going to crash into it. We're all going to drown because this is inevitable. First degree murder isn't even on the table. It's second and third degree and second degree manslaughter, I think. Which we can explain later, but maybe the least of the charges they can get 12 votes for on the jury. Maybe. Um, the most outrageous thing I saw this weekend was uh, on one of your news shows yesterday. That was Face the Nation, talking to Dr. Anthony Fauci. And so this uh, Margaret Brennan woman, who seems like a nice enough woman, she asks Dr. Fauci the question, She says, so if we continue to vaccinate and things go well, is there a possibility that there could be camps and kids back playing in the playgrounds by this summer? And I thought, wow. And and his answer was, the question was ridiculous, and then his answer was, yes, if we we keep our nose to the grindstone and don't release too fast, we we could see kids back in the playgrounds by this summer. This is me sitting on my chair sweaty, having just come from a playground packed full of children. The same playground has been packed full of children for six months, eight months. It never really stopped for more than a couple of weeks, but it goes clear back to the middle of the summer. What are these people talking about? Wow. What are you talking about? Are you living such an insular life as a... I don't know her life situation. I don't know if she's childless or whatever. I'm sure she lives in New York. I don't know what his situation at this point is either, but what? I live in one of the most restricted counties in maybe the most restrictive state in the entire country, and the playground has been packed full of kids for months. But if we all keep our nose to the grindstone, could we see kids back in playgrounds by this summer? What kind of a press is that? Well, and, and just to add to what you're saying, the population of the town where you live in is the sort of people who are yeah. most pro-restriction, pro-shutdown, I haven't hugged anybody in nine months yeah. type people. If it was shocking to me, I'm sure for Florida and Texas, it was, what the hell are you talking about also? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. What kind of media coverage of the pandemic is that? Wow. Wow. You know, it's funny. I, I saw Dr. Marty Mackery over the weekend. He's a Johns Hopkins guy, and he's a frequent critic of Dr. Fauci. And he was kicking him for all sorts of things. In particular, this weekend, Fauci's on the show saying, if we can get 70 to 80% of people vaccinated, that's when we can loosen it up a little bit. That's when we might approach herd, herd immunity, but we have to stay shut down until we've vaccinated 70 to 80% of people. And this Dr. Macri was pointing out, well, wait a second. We have tens of millions, maybe 150 million people who've already had it, and they have natural immunity to it at this point there there was a uh, a study just done 45 percent of people in la have antibodies 
Uh, Bay Area and Sacto happen to be California. About a third of the population have the antibodies already without getting vaccinated. Infections are down 95% in L.A. over the last 10 weeks. Their positivity rate is below 2%, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so the idea that we have to vaccinate 70, 80% of people is crazy. It ignores how many people are immune. But I don't know Fauci's I... out there saying that over and over again. Well, he's out there saying if all goes well, we might be able to play in playgrounds this summer. Oh, I, I, I don't know how, just I can, stupid. how can I continue to listen to anybody who's saying stuff like that? You know, it's funny. Uh, Trump was talking about Fauci. Um, on some podcast last week, and any uh, the inevitable Trump thing. He's actually a really nice guy, but uh, I listened to him, but I didn't do what he said, because frankly, his record is not a good record. He's actually a nice guy, though. He's a great promoter. He really is a promoter more than anything else. And I think that's true, and his idea is we have to be so dumbed down, so brute simple in our messaging, uh, or the dumb, dumb people of America won't know what to do. So everything's just wildly oversimplified. I mean, we we want to get people vaccinated, so we got to claim you need 80% of people vaccinated to get beyond this. Because if you introduce the question of natural immunity, then people won't get vaccinated. So I'm not going to say anything. It's we got a little tiring. We got to talk about the border because that continues to be a mess, and everybody seems to think it's only going to get worse. We should talk about people getting booted out of the White House for past marijuana use when the vice president has laughed about her past marijuana use. A variety of other things. Armstrong and Getty.